especially in chapter 4 and other chapters, provides Christians great hope for our walk with God. Abraham's example of trusting God's promises, despite adverse circumstances and seemingly impossible odds, emboldens us not to waver in trust when we face challenges, challenges at home, challenges at work, or when God does not seem to be present. God did not immediately fulfill the promise to Abraham, which further encourages us to be patient in waiting for God to renew or redeem our circumstances in life. Sometimes it's a little tough to be patient, is it not? Now, left on my own, uh, I would have charted a course in my life that never went beyond my comfort zones. There's a lot of different comfort zones we can have that will take the place of faith and trust in God. But Abraham stepped out on a journey that would change his life and the lives of generations that followed. We're looking at Abraham tonight. We're going to go over some of what he went through. It kind of matches some of what we go through. But just to start out tonight, Romans 4, uh, 17. A father of many nations, I made you. He's talking to Abraham. I made the, Abraham, I made you a father of many nations. In the sight of him who he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. And he's the only one that can do that, folks. In hope against hope, he believed in order that he might become a father of many nations. According to that which has been spoken, so shall your descendants be. And without becoming weak in faith, what did he do? He contemplated his own body as good as dead. You know, he was pretty old there. Had no children, no son. He was about 100 years old. And his wife Sarah's womb was pretty dead. Yet with respect to the promise of God, and God promised he'd have descendants. God promised he'd have a son. He did not waver in unbelief, but what? Grew strong in faith. It's about faith tonight, too. Sometimes we need to know what Abraham went through. We need our strength to be made stronger and being fully assured of what God had promised. He's able to perform. Amen? We have a short video tonight about Abraham. Just take a look at it and enjoy it. And then we're going to come back and go into our discussion from uh, lesson number eight tonight. Amen. Okay. It, it's coming up. <laughs> we're going to have the video and let's take a look. It, it kind of goes through what Abraham went through. It's a little example for us to look at. It's, it's not long, it's short. And then we're going to get into our discussion on Abraham. Amen. Ma'am? Okay, keep going. All right, I'm going. <laughs> so tonight, we're looking at Abraham and his challenges. says he's the father of faith. He had a lot of faith, right? Okay, over in Romans chapter 10, the reason we're looking at this tonight is we want to get to the place where our faith is strong in God. 
If you look over here in chapter 10, it says, For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, what did they do? They didn't subject themselves to the righteousness of God. He was counting on them. They wanted, he wanted his people to trust in him, to have faith in him. Old script, scriptures we're all familiar with, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you shall be saved. It's that simple. It's that easy. Huh? Confess with our mouth, but believe in our heart as well. Got to confess it and we've got to believe it. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Praise God. Ready? Okay. Okay, enjoy the video, folks. We'll be back to go into discussion. The promise to those of Abraham's faith. Well then, what can we say about our ancestor Abraham? If he became acceptable to God because of what he did, then he would have something to brag about. But he would never be able to brag about it to God. The scriptures say, God accepted Abraham because Abraham had faith in him. Money paid to workers isn't a gift. It's something they earn by working. But you cannot make God accept you because of something you do. God accepts sinners only because they have faith in him. God promised Abraham and his descendants that he would give them the world. This promise wasn't made because Abraham had obeyed a law, but because his faith in God made him acceptable. If Abraham and his descendants were given this promise because they had obeyed a law, then faith would mean nothing, and the promise would be worthless. God becomes angry when his law is broken, but where there isn't a law, it cannot be broken. Everything depends on having faith in God so that God's promise is assured by his gift of undeserved grace. This promise isn't only for Abraham's descendants who have the law. It is for all who are Abraham's descendants because they have faith, just as he did. Abraham is the ancestor of us all. The scriptures say that Abraham would become the ancestor of many nations. This promise was made to Abraham because he had faith in God, who raises the dead to life and creates new things. Amen. A little study on our brother Abraham here. Now this week, uh, our study again was on the promise of life. A lot of things in here about Abraham and about faith. And we're going to start Romans 4, 13, the basis of the promise that he gave. Okay, what promise does Paul speak of in verse number 13 as you read? And then what basis did Abraham inherit that promise? And it says that we were to see Genesis 13, 14 through 17. What promise is he talking about, guys? A covenant. Pardon? A covenant. What else? What was, what was that covenant? 
It was what to the descendants? Yes, sir. Your seed of a faith, and it was a promise, was it not? <laughs> Anything else? What? What else? What was the promise Paul spoke of? Yes, ma'am. Of many a great nation, mm -hmm. um, that he would have many descendants. He Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Anybody? The whole world. Yes, sir. The whole world. Yeah. It says to inherit the world was based on what? What was it based on? Faith and righteousness. Praise God. Number two, Paul uses repetition, over, you know, repeat over and over and over, to drive home his argument that the righteousness God desires is based on faith and not law-keeping. All right, number A here. Considering the Jewish leaders of Paul's day, why do you think his audience needed that reminder based on faith, not law-keeping? Why did they need that reminder? What was there that made them think about needing that reminder? Yes, Liz. The Pharisees at the time felt that keeping the law and honoring the law and also being circumcised was more important than any other. Exactly. Religion. They practiced, uh, they, they, they were workers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They said you couldn't even be saved without being circumcised. Number B here, do you think believers today need the same kind of reminder? Galatians 3, 1 through 9, do we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Yeah. We say all sorts of things. We like to add our own stuff yep. to it. And um, there was a video I was watching about a guy talking about the thief on the cross and how an angel let him in and he said, I'm sorry, well, did you get here by, by the doctrine of justification? He's like, I'm sorry, I don't know what that means. And he's like, well, did you get here by grace through faith? He's like, I have no idea. <laughs> he says, uh, and he's talking to the thief on the cross. He says, well, what about the, by what theological reason do you get to get to heaven? He says, and he says, hold on one second, I'll come back and get my supervisor. And the angel comes back, <laughs> and he says, so uh, do you be believe in substitutional atonement? He says, not a clue. <laughs> and they said, so how did you get in here? And he said, the guy in the middle said I could come. <laughs> oh, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. People stumble over that one. Well, he wasn't baptized. What does Jesus say? Whoever comes to him like a little child, and asked for forgiveness, said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. So that thief on the cross, that very second, was with Jesus in paradise. Yes, we need to believe God and exercise our faith as we go on our Christian walk. Number three, Romans 4, 14, 15. The ineffectiveness of the law, picking on the law tonight, 
If it were possible to inherit the promise by keeping the law, what would that imply about faith then? Yes, Liz. Exactly. Right. Faith would have been made void then. Faith would be made void if that's the case. Yeah, Bob. That's for somebody tonight that's listening there. Hope against hope. If you're watching us tonight or listening to us on Facebook, you have hope in Jesus Christ. You have hope in the Lord. So sometimes it's hope against hope. I I know what I'm telling you. You can be in a place where you don't know if God's going to answer your prayer. You don't know if your bank account's going to be there tomorrow. But you do know you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that you're going to share eternal life with Jesus in heaven. Now, sometimes when we pray, he'll say yes, sometimes no, (laughs) and sometimes it's what? Wait a while. So we have to get to a point where we can put our whole faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The enemy tries to bring things in this world to get in the way, doesn't he? Your finances, and God will bless your finances. Your finances... Uh, sickness in your body he'll try to bring that to take you away from your trust in Jesus and Abraham's a good example he never never one time went without trusting God yes sir if we could obtain the promise by keeping the law then that means that someone could come into a church and say I don't know if there's a God or not but I'm going to go to church just in case so I can be saved (laughs) You've been to biker clubhouses, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's people that think like that. You know, yeah. I'm not sure, but you know, I'll I'll do this, I'll, or I'll give give my money, or or uh, I'll try to try to be a good person as, as best I can, mm-hmm. just in case there is a God. That's yeah. not what God's looking for. I've heard God's that. Looking, yeah, yeah. I've heard I that. It, it's out there, but that's not what God's looking for. No, He's but you know what? Then the Lord, Lord puts us in that position. He wants us to know what to say to these folks. I don't know if there's a God or not, but I'm going to come to church every Sunday. Hey, buddy, that's not going to get you into heaven. (laughs) We want you here. We love to have you in church. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, meaning you, sir, gives your heart to the Lord, you'll be saved and have eternal life. But it's up to you. It's your choice, right? It's your choice. 
what way? We're back to number B here. Let's go back to what A was. If it's impossible to inherit the promise by keeping the law, what would imp imply without faith? Faith was made void. B, in what way would that impact God's promise? If faith would be made void, then what way would that impact God's promise to you? If faith was voided? If faith was made void by that, by that statement. Oh, okay, yeah. Lay? Faith? What was that, buddy? The promise of the world. The promise for world be lost or Is that what you're saying? The promise? Yeah. Amen, brother. That's good. Faith would not be needed, then, would it? No. Well, see, that's just uh, that's what I was going to say. You have yeah. to have faith. Well, yeah, sure. You have to have faith. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, that's, that's true. Does keeping the law, that's number four, contribute to our right standing with God, does it? Why, why, why not? What, Liz, what? Right. Extended towards us. Yeah. So direct, and God is going to be disappointed in us because to be human is to sin. Right. You're going to sin. Yeah. If you don't, even when it's not intentional, you can actually mentally sin, being impulsive or putting your mind sure. on your wants. Yeah. Through faith in Christ, we are justified, not by the works of the law, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He Brother wants Ernie. us to grab that tonight, if nothing else. Brother Ernie? Yes. And then you got to contend with the fact that no one's ever been able to keep the law. <laughs> That's true. That's right. Anybody outside of Christ can't keep the law. Can't keep the law. Well, just try it. You'll see. <laughs> you can't keep it. So that's, that's just a, that's a dead end. Yes, sir. That's a dead end. Amen. Number five. How does the law... Yeah, look at Romans 7, 7 for this. How does the law bring wrath? Ooh. Ouchie. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> we got our... We have our dictionary over here. <laughs> no, I forgot the question. <laughs> Okay. Sister, how does the law bring wrath? <laughs> um, so when the laws were broken by sin, it is offensive to God, and sin is not understood, and that's why we need to be wrath. Mm -hmm. But the, you know, sin is an abomination to him. Sure. Yep. Through sin. Through sin. Yeah. And I think that's important for us to remember that the actual object of God's wrath is sin. We just have to be happen to be in sin. <laughs> so if we stop being in sin and be in Christ, well, then that's the gospel that the wrath of God is thereby appeased. Amen. So Amen. that's a dangerous thought to think that if you're not in Christ, 
the wrath of God is aimed directly at you. That's just like walking out outside and you don't know that there's a sniper bullet headed to you over there. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if you don't have faith in Christ, you're lost. And yeah. so he doesn't want to put that wrath on you. But but if you reject it, <laughs> wow. Praise God. That's right. Romans 4, 16 and 17 talks about the effectiveness of grace. Number six, these verses say Abraham is the father of whom? Anybody over here? Abraham's the father of who? Many nations. All who believe. Yes, sir. All who, who believe. Abraham's the father. Praise God. <laughs> Number seven. When we emphasize keeping the law as a means of attaining righteousness, on whom then do we place responsibility? Oh, that was a toughie. Huh? Sure, yeah, on us. Moi, <laughs> on us. Because the Lord already said, I'll take care of what I need to do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know how insane that is? Like, if somebody said, I'm going to give you a million dollars for nothing, and then you said, oh, no, 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 I won't take that million dollars. I'm going to go and I'm going to work 40 hours a week for that million dollars. And But but he said, I'm giving it to you for free. And you're like, nope, I got to earn it. You know, <laughs> that, that's basically what he's doing. That's what we do when we when we can't receive Christ's salvation and we keep adding works and rules yeah. on everything. Yep. That's true. Now the phrase, the adherent of the law, that's in 416, refers to members of the Jewish nation. Carefully read and think about this verse. What does it say about the promise, how the promise is received? How is it received? As a defense toward the penalty and the visit? Bob? So it's promises of salvation for all who believe. Yeah, Liz? Exactly what Bob said. It says that uh, we must have strong faith, right? Abraham yes, strong faith. His descendants, if you are not born of Jewish descent, that Amen. following the lineage of Abraham, you're a Gentile, you take on strong faith to do this. Therefore, becoming a descendant of Abraham is faith. Right. Amen. Number nine, what does God intend for our faith and his grace to accomplish in Galatians 3, 26 through 29? What does God intend for our faith and his grace? What does he want for, as a result of that? What's the result? Well, our faith increase. What else? Unity. Yes, sir. What does he want us to become because of that? Yeah, ch sons of God, children of God. That's his desire. But also become Abraham's children. Yes, uh-huh. Through faith. Yeah, through faith in Christ Jesus. Yes. Okay, what two phrases does Brother Paul use in verse 17 to describe God and what personal meaning do they have for you as an individual? 
a Christian brother or sister. What two phrases does Paul use in verse 17? Does Paul use to describe God? In that one verse, anybody have that one? Huh? He's waiting for Elizabeth. Don't wait for Elizabeth. <laughs> He's the God in whom we believe, and he also brings life from things that do not exist. Yeah, Bring, um, brings life to the dead, life, dead things. Life to the dead. Um, yeah. The theological term is ex nihilo. He brings something from nothing. He spoke to darkness and yep. brought something from it. Amen. So he's the only person that has that power. Right. And it's important for us to know because we have a, a whole sect of Christianity trying to speak things into existence, and they use this verse out of context to justify it. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, God has faith, and he can, <laughs> he can work through faith, but just use, use proper exegesis when you're doing stuff where you might abuse it. Amen. All right. It's good to have our pastor back, folks. <laughs> Okay, Romans 4, 18 through 21, the role of faith in our lives. These verses seem to be praising Abraham for his faith. According to verse number 20, who ultimately gets the glory? Laith? Yes, God gets the glory, amen. B, in what way did Abraham's faith give glory to God? Success? unwavering in the midst of Abraham's struggles mm -hmm. and only grew strong in Right, yeah. Grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Praise the Lord. He believed God to do something impossible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, he's almost 100 years old trying to have a baby. And just, oh. <laughs> when you're 100 years old, trying to walk up the stairs is a challenge, you know. And not being funny, but when you're 40 years old, trust me, I know. Trying to walk up the stairs sometimes <laughs> is a challenge, you know. And at 100 years old, he's saying, God, you can do what normally can't be done. That's what right. We normally don't see. Now, that's an encouragement to faith because we can have big goals for our God and they're never too big for that if it's in his will that he can do it. Yeah. That's right. Faith, determination. Yes, sir. says to Abraham, is there anything too hard for me or for the Lord? Amen. Is there anything mm. too hard for God yeah. to do? No, it is not. God can do all things. Amen. Because we start, when I was in the uh, in the insurance world, uh, we would always say tell our agents, like, well, the one thing you don't want to do, because they go in there and they say, well, this policy pays this and this one's this much. And they say, oh, you don't want to get that one because that's too much. And what we had to tell agents is, stop putting your wallet 
in somebody else's pocket. <laughs> that might be too much for you, but it might be just right for them, and you are not affording them an opportunity because you can't do it. You assume that somebody else can't do it. And we do that to God all the time. We put our wallet in God's pocket. In other words, that we don't try to do certain things because we know by ourselves we can't do them. Instead of saying with God, all things are possible. Yep. All things. You talk about faith. I went into my kitchen this morning, and we back up to what used to be a golf course. Now they're building back there. And a little bitty tiny mouse got into our house, only that big. And I looked at him, he's kind of going around circles. So I picked him up by the tail. My wife and I says, are you gonna squash it? I said, no. I named him Mickey. And <laughs> took, him, <laughs> took him outside and released him in the grass. And my female pit bull wanted, wanted to eat him. But how much faith did that little guy have? I picked him up by the tail and he's swinging back and forth and he wanted to stay alive, I guess. So now Mickey's out roaming in the field somewhere. I don't know where I'm going with that, but anyway. <laughs> hard work, brother. Yeah, hard work. He'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. In what way did Abraham's faith give glory to God? Pardon? Oh, did we do that one? Yeah, we did. We just did it. God had spoken, so shall your descendants be, right? Describe another time in Abraham's life when this attitude strengthened him from Hebrews chapter 11. When was that? What did he do? Ma'am? Yeah, when he offered up his son. Can you see some of us, if the Lord says, okay, I want you to go up on the hill, take your son or daughter, lay them out there and tie them down and get rid of them, sacrifice them to me. We'd be, most of us would say, uh, God, are you sure you said that? Wait about 10 minutes. Lord, isn't there something else we could do? But Abraham had that much trust in the God he served that he knew God would prepare something else other than his son. But if not, he was willing to give his son. That's, that's a beautiful concept there, beautiful truth. It's like a lot of parents, when your son or daughter goes into the military, in a way they're being sacrificed. And a father, mother, they pray for them, they write them letters, and they hope God will bring them home. But they have the faith to let them go, don't they? And uh, that'll, that's a lot, yep. Oh, amen. In Romans 4, 22 through 25, righteousness is credited to believers. Thank you, Jesus, for that one. Number 14, what is the relationship, as you read that, between verses 20, 21 and 22? What is the relationship Look in verse 20. What did that state? Okay, let's do that, Pastor. 
Full belief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. You know something that is so true? When we start giving glory to God, we start praising the Lord and worship and church and wherever, first thing you know, our faith gets strengthened. I do too. We're praising God. We're giving glory to God. In the middle of all that, our faith gets strengthened. And what we were worried about isn't such a worrisome thing anymore because we are going to honor and give praise to God our Father. You look in the book of Revelation, it says all the angels are around the throne and they're giving praise and glory to God and playing instruments and worshiping the Lord. There's something about that. There's something about when you start to let go and worship and praise God, guess who shows up? He does. He does. That's what he wants us to do, isn't it? Huh? Yep. And in verse 21, Abraham was fully assured on God's promise. Boy, oh boy, to be fully assured. God wants us to get to the place to be fully assured. And if we don't read the word and we don't pray, how are we ever going to be fully assured? Huh? coming just in case you yeah. gotta have full faith in him. Right. He that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You got to have a full throated faith in Christ. Yeah. I had one night I uh, delivered a message for a couple biker groups. One was DDs or Devil's Disciples and the other was a highwayman. And I was talking about the Lord. I gave an altar call. And one big fellow came up there and says, now what are you going to do if I hit you upside the head? And I says, I'm going to pray for you while EMS is on the way to pick you up. (laughs) 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 It worked. (laughs) Amen. What? What a way to flip the script up. Hey. Made him think, didn't it? Made him think. Not too much, but he thought a little. God talks about, yep, satisfying us, <laughs> giving us what we long for. I know one time in training in special forces in Colorado, we were doing mountain training. And I had never, I didn't drink much at all, never did any drugs, and never passing around marijuana in the campsite, and that was before it was legal out there. And I never did smoke anything, but I tried that, never did it again. I ate up all the potato chips, and nobody in the team had any chips to eat. 
I learned real quick. Anyhow. Oh, man. Quit laughing at me, picture. Yeah, didn't I? What specifically does Paul ask us to believe, number 17? What does he want us to believe? Yes, they are. You know, the, the promised salvation to the whole world. And anybody in this whole world can have salvation. It's trusted by the Amen. Amen. Also, uh, Brother Ernie, I yeah. think uh, the answer to that is right there in the scripture. Uh, verse 24 says, For us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. That's right. Did you hear that? That's a good, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. You know, Paul wrote uh, the words that was counted to him. They were not written for Abraham's sake alone, but what? But for our sake. Yes. It's accounted to us for righteousness. It will be accounted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord. The benefits of believing that God is able to do what he promised. He's able to do what he promised. It's available to us just as they are to Abraham. Although the specifics of the promise to Abraham and the benefits he received for believing are unlikely to apply to any of us directly, the principles are timeless. Principles are principles. And when God says something, he backs it up. And it's for all of us. What promises from God are you fully convinced? Let's take a couple minutes. What promises of God in your life are you fully convinced he's able to work out? Somebody give me an idea. A testimony, an idea. My struggles. Yes, huh? My struggles. Your struggles. That's right. And he does that, doesn't he? I know it, it, in, yeah, in my own life in 2010, uh, my wife was a school teacher, was a school teacher for 30 years, taught science, double masters, the whole nine yards. And I, at the time, I retired from General Motors. I had two karate schools. But when she died, we were in the hospital eight and a half weeks. I slept in a recliner by the bed. And in 16 months, of rehab. I helped her with that. They had people come in to help her with it. And she begged the doctor to go back to teaching science. The doctor released her to go back to the 
or science lab. And they pushed her out. Now, that was a time I was asking God, what's going on here, sir? <laughs> I ended up, uh, as with a double master's, we lost 112000 a year. And she got pushed out. She got a little bit of a retirement. But who do I trust? Do I trust the situation? I could have. I ended up having to close my karate schools. I had 42 students between the two schools. But I wasn't going to give up on what God had promised. He promised what? that he'd be with us. He promised us we had an eternal home in heaven. My wife didn't die. She was able to regroup a little bit, and she's not all there yet, but she's working on it. So God is able to do whatever he promised he was going to do, and the enemy will come in there and try and get you to screw up every time or to forget God's promises or to say, I'm mad at God. That's one of the enemy's favorite tools. And you out there listening today, I know we work out in your life sometimes. Has God ever told you that, that uh, you're going to get something and you didn't? Well, maybe it wasn't meant for you. But the Lord is saying tonight, he wants us to have faith like Abraham. Amen. And if you're watching by Facebook and listening tonight, and you're going through some of these problems, Jesus says, trust God, have faith in God. And like our church here, if you don't have a place to go to church on Sunday, come on in. They don't call us encounter church for no reason. You come here and you'll encounter the presence of God. You'll encounter people who love God. Uh, we'd love to see you come back and join us. Come in on Sunday morning at 11, Wednesday night at 7. God's going to do something here. He's going to do something great. He loves us. He loves his church. I believe he's going to send one more revival. Before he returns. Amen? Amen? So anybody else, what is God doing with you? What is he doing, uh, having you wait on him for? Anybody? It's encouraging to testify for one another. Who has something? Yeah, sis. Yeah, that can, that can mind, happen. I was thinking at that time, like, this is like a fairy tale. Like, what is this going to be for me? You know, yeah. but I, I felt 
desperate. And when those are desperation, mm -hmm. those are usually when Jesus is around you, you don't even know it. Right. And I remember praying about that and, and asking Jesus to, if that should not be the case. And a year later, I was pregnant with Tom. Wow. See, that's and he gave us his name and said, Bet, <laughs> follow through. <laughs> and yeah. that's what I've been doing. <laughs> that's like Abraham and Sarah, isn't it? Yeah, I, I actually really identify with that story a lot, especially with with Sarah, with how she felt. Because um, a lot of people read the story and, and it really features how God keeps saying over and over, old age is not a child. You know, yeah. just wait. <laughs> If you can, if you stop in here for service on a Sunday, you'll see that little girl. She's running all up and down the stage and giving praise to Jesus. Yeah, that's really an answer to prayer. That little gal is just something else. So yeah, that. Thank you for that testimony. Yeah, right. Okay, somebody else. Yeah, Rob. Bob. As we get to know God, we can testify like Paul. Yep. It's been quite a while for me, Brother Ernie. It's been over 40 years, 44, I think, now. But I gave a testimony here one time that it hasn't been all, you know, cakewalk, so to speak. But we can rely on the Word of God, and the Word of God says that we know in whom we have believed mm -hmm. and are persuaded that he is able that keep, to keep that which we have committed unto him. What have we committed to God? We have committed our souls yeah. to God for, his, uh, for the safekeeping of our souls. Yeah. Amen. And he's able to keep that which we have committed, which is our souls, until the very day that Christ appears in the sky Praise or we are, we are ushered into glory yep. at the point of death. Right. But that's the most wonderful thing. You yep. know, God may not bless us with riches and whatnot. People 
are just that way. It's in their nature. They want to have possessions. Yeah. But uh, he, I, Pastor, is this all right? Didn't he? <laughs> he obligated himself through Christ uh, on the cross that whosoever will call on him mm-hmm. can and will be saved. Yep. And, and that's I so true. I think that's the most wonderful yeah. thing. And you know what, what along with that? Um, I'm sorry to yep. cut you off. And then if you consider the scripture that says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? If he has everything in this world and loses soul, what will it profit him? No, yeah, nothing. And so I think salvation is the greatest thing it is. that has ever been offered to this world through Christ Jesus. And you Jesus. know, one thing that really blesses me, a passage of scripture I keep thinking of, and I know this is for someone watching and listening tonight. It's a story of Peter. They told him to get in a boat and go fishing, and they were fishing all night. It was the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, the sea became unruly, and they were there trying to oil. If you know what those fishing boats look like, that was a struggle. And all of a sudden, here's Jesus walking out of the middle of fog on the storm and the water. They thought it was a spirit. They put their faith on the shelf, I guess, for a little bit. But anyway, Peter looked out the back of the boat and saw Jesus there. He says, Lord, if that's you, bid me come to you. And Jesus looked at him. I believe they locked eyes. And when Jesus said one word, he says, come. There was so much anointing on that. Peter stepped out of that boat, started walking on the waves toward his Lord and Savior, Jesus. But like a lot of us, he got out there about 50 feet from the boat. Wait a minute, I'm walking on water. I'm not supposed to walk on water. (laughs) That's not supposed to happen. And what happened? He began to sink. And it says, Jesus went over, he lifted him up, and it says together they went back to the boat. So some of you tonight might be going through a storm like that. You're wondering where Jesus is. He's walking right towards you. And uh, you might feel like you're sinking in that storm, but I guarantee you, you trust him, you pray to him, he'll reach out and pick you up out of that swirling sea of trouble that you're in. Amen? So that's for you tonight, whoever that's about. God will touch you, and he'll bring you up out of the water, out of that sin. Yeah. And for just a couple minutes here, our pastor just got back. Do you have anything you want to say to folks when you got back? He went to a convention. I'm just, I'm just glad to be back. I'm, I'm still thinking about your question. Um, <laughs> okay. When you started talking about how faith is in your life, I can't, I couldn't even count the many times that God had done the improbable in my life. Yep. I shouldn't be in this space. Right. I shouldn't be in this room. Right. There's so many things that I shouldn't do, but how God has shown up in my life just over and over again, and I, I can't get away from that thought of just how much he's done for me um, against all odds, against yeah. myself. Even, isn't that amazing? Even when you wreck yourself, God still says, I got a plan for your life. Get up and keep going. You know, <laughs> and, and, and that's just amazing uh, how powerful the faith of how powerful faith is. That's why the enemy tries so hard, I think, to attack our faith. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> if he can get us to stop believing, he can give up. When Peter saw those waves, that's when reason kicked in. Mm-hmm. See, at first, he didn't have faith, 
a re reason. He just had faith. He said, I could do it. Therefore, I do it. Then he looked at a wave coming up, and logic started saying, this is not supposed to be able, be able to happen. Uh -huh. So he let go of faith, and he grabbed hold of logic, and he lost the opportunity. But after he got through drowning, God picked him up. <laughs> and the only way to get back in the boat is to walk back to the boat. That's so right. if you think about it, not only did he walk on the water the first time, but he did it again to get yeah. back to the boat. And sometimes when our faith falters and we sink, God's able to restore you and to restore your faith to help you do some of the things that you thought you'd never be able to do again and accomplish some of the things that you thought was long gone in your life. And, and God can take those things. Colonel Sanders, what started KFC, was 65 years old. I don't know if he's a believer, but that's a prime example that you're never too old. <laughs> that as long as you got breath in your body, God can do something great in your life for his glory. Yeah. And that's, that's an amazing yep. thing. I, I had one, th one time our, our A-team was flying in a C-130 to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, early 70s. We were going to do an air show with the Thunderbirds, the Blue Angels, and the Golden Knights, which is an Army's parachute team, a special jumping team. We were going to jump with them. And there was 12 of us lined up in, on the side of that C-130. We're about 50 miles out of uh, Wright-Patterson, close to Xenia, Ohio. That's when they had those tornadoes. And all of a sudden, that C-130 did a big dip like that. And I had been praying. They was make, kind of making fun of that. And they said, uh, Lieutenant Lang, what are you doing? I said, pray. I said, well, I think we need it. And I've never seen 12 guys pray so hard. <laughs> we, we landed about seven and a half minutes ahead of those tornadoes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, next week is lesson number nine, uh, God's transforming love. Is that you, brother? Ah. So, brother, our deacon, Brother Bob, will be sharing that message next week, transforming love. It'll be a blessing. I want you all to join us again by Facebook. If you can be here, we'd love to have you. We love meeting people. Amen. So try and be here, and uh, we'll be able to bless you, Brother Bob, Brother Dave, and myself. Uh, the pastor has given us an opportunity to teach you folks, and he's watching over us, so we're not going to get away with nothing. <laughs> but we'll see you next week, same time, same place. Invite somebody to tune in with you, and it will be a blessing. Amen. God bless. Let's pray before we go. Lord Jesus, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for the folks here, Lord, part of our team and our Bible study. And Lord, each and every person that's listening tonight, whether on Facebook, social media, bless them, Father. Speak to their hearts. Cause them to strengthen their faith in you, Lord. And Lord, if they're able in the area, Lord, bring them here to church with us on Sunday morning at 11 or Wednesday night at 7. We're at 600 North Campbell. That's between 11 Mile and 12 Mile on the east side of the road. And we'd love to see you. God bless. We love you guys. See you next week. Thank you.